This is the IDP After Show. AFC South is not exactly a heralded division when it comes to real-life football, but there are some extremely valuable IDPs amongst these teams, and even some potential league winners. I am Evan Ronda, the host of the IDP After Show, and I am joined by Toby Stark of the Mics in Motion podcast, the only German IDP fantasy football podcast. Toby, I am so excited to have you on the After Show today. We're going to be breaking down some of the IDPs on all these AFC South teams. And I really just want to jump right into this one with the Houston Texans. We'll go position by position, talking about defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, and just talking about some of the big names and and why we think they should matter as far as where they're being valued versus the market. And just give a quick recap or an understanding for the listeners here about what we can expect from these guys. So let's go ahead and start off with Houston here on the defensive line. Obviously, Will Anderson. Super, super exciting rookie taken at the top of the draft. How are you feeling about him? Are you as excited about him as you think the rest of the market is? Or are you a little bit more chill on the guy? Uh, yeah, I would say a bit more chill at first. Yeah. But um, um, if you look at the, the system, Demico Ryans, the new head coach is playing. It's a typical 4-3 defense or base 4-3, uh, four-man front and I think Will Anderson should be the the Nick Bosa of Houston in in the near future, but I don't think he is it now. He can't be it now because I mean Bosa is a is a freak of nature. <laughs> He's something special. Um, Anderson maybe too, but um, edge guys, defensive end, need they need um, time time to get into the league and develop. And um, I don't think the the help around him is is good enough to make him shine like uh the guys in Alabama so yeah he he's he's maybe a future star but for now mm, let's wait and see give him some time maybe year 2 year 3 player yeah man i i totally agree with you there and it's crazy how high he's being drafted in some of these best ball drafts he's going as the edge 15 and this is a oh. redraft format this isn't even dynasty so there's a lot of managers that are super, super excited about him. But I think I agree with you. Year one, let's let's cool off a little bit and give him some time to develop. I'm sure we can expect him to be great down the road. But for now, he's still a rookie. He's still in a defensive line that's uh, going to need to give him some more help than what they currently got. And speaking of what they currently got, the other guy opposite him, Jonathan Grenard, he is going his edge 45, defensive line 61. Maybe he's a bit more of a value. How do you feel about him? Is he a guy that you might be targeting, or are you just kind of lukewarm on him? Uh, at this spot, I, I really liked him. I, I have him ranked around uh, top 60 DL for me, so yeah, right around the spot. Uh, I think he um, he will contribute. Is it the, the right words? I'm sorry. My English is... Uh, <laughs> um, from from the uh, Anderson edition and uh, the Miko Ryan scheme. So yeah. He's he's the guy I would love to have from the Houston D-line or uh, for redraft formats this year at this yeah, spot where he's where he's uh, at now right now. Totally agree with you there, and I think perhaps one of the places where we can find the most value, at least in my opinion, is is with the linebacking group. We got Christian Harris, 
going as linebacker 44, Denzel Perryman going as linebacker 50, and Christian Kirksey going as linebacker 60. Now, going into this offseason, they had Christian Harris and Christian Kirksey returning from 2022, and Denzel Perryman was a guy they brought in during free agency to shore up that linebacker room. I personally am really, really liking Denzel Perryman at that price. I think he's a guy that can massively outproduce that ADP. But I'm curious what your take is on this group of three guys. Is there a specific player that you prefer above the rest? Do you have an opinion on who you think those two starters will be? How do you think this is going to shape out? Um, my guy in this uh, linebacker group is Christian Harris. He's the guy I want to have, not only in dynasties. So, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a huge dynasty target, but also in redraft. I think he will be the, the three-down linebacker, and the other guys around going to rotate a bit more. Um, Perryman, Kirksey, they also have Blake Cashman, which uh, they used. I, I think he, he played, he started next to Kirksey in the preseason, in the first preseason game. They have Corey Littleton as well, so way too many bodies around there. I think there are going to be some cuts, but Christian Harris is, is the future, I think, and yeah, he's the guy I want. Yeah, man, totally agree with you there. Christian Christian Harris seems like the guy I feel like that's the most secure in their starting position, at least at the start of the season. And then I feel like afterwards, it's a battle between Denzel Perryman and Christian Kirksey to kind of see who's going to get that other starting job. But if you're looking for safety, and I mean safety as in security, not safety as in a defensive back, um, then yeah, Christian Harris is your guy. But if you are talking about safety as in defensive back, man, we've got We've got Jalen Petrie going as the DB number two overall in these best ball drafts. As far as other safeties go, Jimmy Ward, eh, Brandon Hill, eh. And then we've got some corners and Desmond King and Derek Stingley. Are you super excited about anybody beyond Jalen Petrie? And then for Jalen Petrie, do you think he has a chance at repeating as well as he did last season? Or should we expect a little bit more regression from this guy? Um, I really like Jimmy Ward uh, in redraft leagues uh, for my DB3 spot. So uh, in the top 40s, I think he, it's a good position. And then I don't know where he, where is his uh, ADP. He's going you know? as the DB101. <laughs> Come on. So you can, you can take him as your last DB or for bench as DB5 or 6. And I think that's the upside for, for DB3. So yeah, I, I like Jimmy Ward. <laughs> it's but only in redraft. I don't know what the future brings. I think he's 31, so uh, not in dynasties. Maybe if you're in a one-now team and need something uh, for the depth. But yeah, don't draft in, dynast in dynasties and startups. And uh, Jalen Petrie, well, it, it's, it's hard to repeat such a great year, especially year one. I think um, the offensive have more tape of him. And uh, the guys around him got better. It's an, it's another defensive scheme, so maybe a bit regression, but he has the potential to be a top 10 DB again this year. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you. It's You know, he might not be as much of a game breaker, but I, I think you and I are both in agreement here that he's not going to completely fall off the face of the earth. He's not going to become a nobody he's absolutely still going to be very productive well that pretty much covers it for the texans let's go ahead and move on to the colts and also talk about their defensive line now we don't always talk about defensive tackles just because they 
aren't as productive a position as edge rushers, but this team does have two defensive tackles that are worth being mentioned after we talk about what the heck is going on with their edge rushers. Obviously, Quidipe is great. We like Quidipe. But beyond that, Samson Ebucam, Dayo Adeingbo, Adetamiwa Adeboare. Talk about crushing those names for the record. I would like some credit <laughs> for that. But um, like, I don't really know who's going to get the most snaps. I don't know who's going to be the most productive. I don't know if you know either, but I'd be curious to see what your take is on those edge rushers. Okay, so uh, we agree Quidipe is the number one. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think they're going to rotate on the on the second spot like they did last year. Um, they had really uh, two guys around 500 snaps, and I think it's going to be the same thing this year. You're going to have um, Samson Ibukam and uh, Dayo Odenigbo. I think Dayo is more more um, the run the, the for the running downs or for the clear for, for first downs and so on. And Samson Ibukam would be more the the, the money down guy. The, the third downs, the, the second and short, the pass rush, the blitzing formations. So I see more a bit more upside in Ibukam because of his um, chance to create more sex than, than Dayo. Mm. I like that, especially in best ball. I know we're, we're so close to the start of the season. We're not having too many more best ball draft starts. But hey, I've got two that haven't been filled yet. So listeners, if you guys want to join one, reach out to me, please. I need to fill them up. But... I do agree with you there. Um, Kudipe going as defensive line 37, edge 26. Ebukam going as defensive line 71, edge 54. And then Odeingbo is going as defensive line 107, edge 81. And we don't really need to talk about Adebari. He's he's not being drafted very often. Um, as far as the interior defensive linemen go, this is where things get really exciting. We've got DeForest Buckner. He's going as the number five defensive tackle overall. Defensive line, 22 overall. And then Grover Stewart, who I think has to be one of the most underrated players in all of football, going as defensive tackle, 18, and the uh, 73rd defensive lineman. Am I am I a little bit too... Am I giving him too much praise for being extremely underrated? I, he's productive. I think he's good at football, but I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts on those two guys? Um, especially Grover Stewart. I, I like him too, but I think he's more a guy... If, only for for really deep leagues or uh, defensive tackle leagues. So if you play defensive tackle, especially with two defensive tackle spots, he's a great number two. Next two guys like DeForest Buckner. <laughs> I mean, he, in defensive tackle leagues, he's yeah, to- definitely top five. I don't see him as high as many other guys in um, only D line leagues. I think he and he's he's yeah borderline D line three. Uh, but I'm not a uh, huge defensive tackle guy, <laughs> I have to say. Um, and I think his dynasty value is, is questionable because of his age. I think he, he starts getting 30, 31 around. Yes. Uh, maybe maybe a bit younger. But um, I don't know if his future is still in Indy. I think he's in his last year, in his contract year. Um, maybe the Colts want to trade him. Around midseason, if you know, if they if they see uh, season isn't really good, we we in a kind of re, kind of a rebuild because of rookie quarterback and so on. And that's something I I don't really like. I, if there's the possibility that um, that I don't know the, the the near future of a player, 
and where he's gonna play in the end. So yeah, but definitely a, a great football player, but not a guy I would draft. Yeah, uncertainty in the in a player's future is definitely something that can make you question just how valuable they might be. And we've had a lot of uncertainty about um, Shaquille Leonard's playing ability, whether or not he's going to be on the field. Zaire Franklin filled in for him admirably last year, so much so to the point that they felt comfortable letting Bobby Okereke leave for the New York Giants. So now Zaire Franklin is locked in as a starter, and he's being drafted as such. He's being taken as the linebacker six overall. Now, I don't know about you. That seems a little rich for me. I don't necessarily disagree with that i'm just not taking linebackers that high but shaquille leonard is being taken as a linebacker 21 i think if there was a bet that you could make about a player finishing farther away from where they're being drafted than any other player he would be the guy that i'd bet on because he's either going to go way lower than linebacker 21 or he's going to get way higher than linebacker 21 but i have a really hard time seeing him finish as kind of like a mediocre linebacker too. If he's healthy, he's going to be great. If he's not healthy, he's not going to be great. Now, my best knowledge, if I'm remembering correctly, is he's back at practice and he's good. Now, he might be a little limited, but as of right now, I think we can assume health. Now, maybe you're a little worried about the re-injury risk, and that's perfectly acceptable. Um, And if you are, then maybe you'll be more interested in a guy like EJ Speed who's going as linebacker 71. Now, EJ Speed's probably one of the best linebacker threes in football just because if one of those two starters gets hurt, he can fill in and basically be last year's Zaire Franklin. But uh, what what are you expecting from this group of three dudes in this upcoming season? Um, I'm really with you. Um, Leonard is is, uh, is mystery itself. So I, I think he, he can be a top 10 linebacker if he stays healthy. Um, there's a huge possibility that we can see the the, the Shaq Leonard from his rookie year and second year where he was, I think, linebacker one or linebacker five at the end of the season, so around about that. And yeah, especially at uh, this, um, at his ADP, that would be yeah, it's, it's a huge, huge league winner potential there. But this uh, a back injury is really risky. Even if he's now healthy, there's a huge possibility in a context spot like football that he get re-injured and yeah, he's out again. What would um, rise um, EJ, EJ Speed's uh, value to the top? Because he would get in and play yeah, like like he did last year or like a Bob, Bobby Okereke did before. So, so in this second linebacker role, this always was always a, a really good spot in Indy because they mainly play two linebacker sets around, yeah, 100% of the time. And um, I say, yeah, Franklin is starter with top 10 potential, but I wouldn't draft him as, as my first linebacker. I think he's a great second linebacker because of this, um, of the Leonard question. If, if Leonard is healthy, Leonard will be the downhill attacking guy and so, and so on. And Franklin would be a bit more behind in coverage and, yeah, maybe won't get, those as much tackles uh, like he did last season. So it all starts and ends with, with Leonard. Depends on if he stays healthy or not and how healthy he's going to be. Yeah, seriously. So that'll be that'll be a very interesting storyline to watch in this upcoming season. I think one of my favorite position groups for Indianapolis is their defensive backs. 
simply because there's there's like three guys in particular that I think will all be way more productive than where they're being drafted. And that's Kenny Moore, their nickel cornerback, who's being taken as the DB 43. Now he was being drafted as the cornerback 10, which I still think is too low. And then we've got Rodney Thomas going as DB 57 or safety 41. And then Julian Blackman going as DB 99, safety 59. Now, Julian Blackman's ADP has has risen a lot recently because of the news that he'll be moving into that strong safety role that's very, very productive in this defense. So he's a player that I've been targeting a ton in these drafts. But I'm curious how you feel about this group of guys. Do you feel like Kenny Moore can can bounce back to where he was previously, or are you a little bit lower on him? Oh, no, I'm I'm a huge Kenny Moore believer. (laughs) Um, I think he can bounce back because... His last season was it was really bad. Uh, 65 tackle, only one sack. Um, normally has around 70 to 80 tackles. Uh, I think his best season he was around 100 tackles and and one or two sacks, some interceptions. So because and then, and I think um, maybe he won't be around 100 tackles, but you can always come with 80 around 80 tackles and three four big plays. If, so yeah, he will definitely bounce back with the safeties uh, i really don't know because the the, the gus bradley scheme is, is uh, he, he always plays me cover two and cover three th- schemes and i don't know if if blackman's gonna play as close to the box as everyone wants to see a strong safety i think they're gonna be a lot in um, two deep coverage schemes and that will lower his tackle baseline and yeah but at his adp right now i would buy him yeah <laughs> definitely yeah i think that's a fair point it's it's just another great example of why you should wait on drafting defensive backs especially in these basketball drafts man like i'm just i'm just not touching the position as long as i can it's like a game of chicken yeah. just saying how long i can go without taking one and and then julian blackman he's always there at the end of the draft to help you shore up your uh your defensive back room yeah man it's It's very interesting. We'll see if he's able to be as productive as I hope he is. Probably not because I'm always way too excited about these players. But (laughs) talking about guys I'm super excited about, man, let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, as I'm just kind of scrolling through this ADP sheet going team by team, I'm noticing the Jags don't have a ton of guys that are being taken in these drafts. They have a bunch of guys that are being taken very high and then a couple depth pieces maybe that are getting squeezed in here and there. But not a lot of dudes overall. So there's not a lot of speculation on this team either. I think as a market, we're generally pretty confident in what we see here, especially at the edge. We've got Josh Allen and we've got Trayvon Walker going as DL 19 and DL 33, respectively, or edge 16 and edge 23. Then no other defensive linemen are being taken until like the 100s with like Roy Robertson, Harris, and Devon Hamilton, and Caleb on Chase on. And yeah, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that guy's name. It's just, yeah, it's it's really just <laughs> these two as far as the defensive linemen go. So how do you feel about these two guys? Trayvon Walker, extremely athletic, highly drafted, ascending talent. Are we going to need to exercise some more patience with him? Or can we hopefully see some more production in year two? What do you think? I think many people focus too much on on the sacks and Trevor Walker's first year, but he has a had a solid first season. He had forty nine combined tackles, 
Okay, only three and a half sacks, one forced fumble, one interception. That's not great, but it's okay. It's definitely okay. And um, you need to see uh, this guy came out of college in a rota from a rotational role in Georgia. Uh, he was an athletic freak, yes, but everybody knew he had some technical issues. Um, I think one for NFL season, second for camp makes a huge difference so the year two you always see the the step from year one to year two is a is a huge step and they're gonna come in as a not totally different player but um way more more matured and experienced player and i think you're gonna you're gonna see this on the on field the tackle baseline is good in my opinion and if you can yeah put up some sacks or around the eight to nine <laughs> Would be a really good development in, in, for his second year, and I think he he can he can end up there, especially with the help of uh, a pass rusher like Josh Allen. I mean, he's is he as in my in, in my opinion, he's definitely a, a borderline D line one guy. He has the he has the potential to be there. Last year, uh, great tackle baseline again, fifty seven combined tackles. Okay, the six sacks wasn't. What do you expect from him? You, you want to see double-digit sex from him, but he also had four forced fumbles, two uh, fumble recoveries. It's a good stat. And maybe with a more experienced walker and a better walker who can rush a bit more and, and uh, help him to get open and uh, not to get double-teamed the whole time, Josh Allen gonna going to eat a bit more. And yeah, I think we're going to see more sex. Yeah, I agree with that. We should definitely expect, I would hope at least, a couple more, a couple more sacks, a few more points from these guys. Um, I man, I'm also really excited about their linebacking room. Obviously, Foyasada Luwakun is being as, you know, the linebacker two overall where he's being drafted according to these best ball drafts. Look, I mean, he deserves it. <laughs> it's very high, but I'm not gonna argue with it. Um, I wouldn't probably take him because I'm usually taking defensive linemen at that point in the draft, but he's earned the right to be drafted as one of the best linebackers in football as far as point scoring ability for fantasy football. But Devin Lloyd is being taken as a linebacker 34, uh, 34. Devin Lloyd, the same guy that was taken in the first round last year and then, you know, had an iffy season as far as playing time goes. Chad Muma has not been taken very highly in a long time. In fact, he's slipped almost four rounds since the NFL draft. So he's he's more of an afterthought in most of these drafts. He's a backup. So it's really just Foyasada Luakun and Devin Lloyd. Do you feel like Devin Lloyd is being a little underrated as a linebacker 34? I feel like he should be given a little bit more respect. Uh, no, it's it's yeah. I, I think in the top thirty, maybe four or five spots ahead of that. But yeah, in this range, I, I can see why because he said before his last season wasn't really good, and he came off the field for for Muma sometimes. There was this um, this uh, battle between them at some points of the season. Uh, yeah, and the the big problem started last year with the draft. Everyone said okay. Lloyd, first round pick. Yes. Okay, great. Linebacker one in Dynasty, uh, linebacker one uh, for fantasy. Maybe in a battle with Quay Walker. Okay, yeah. 
But uh, after they drafted Jed Muma, everyone was asking, okay, what's happening there? Because you, you, uh, when you when you see the contract from Olukun, you say, you you can't cut Olukun. And why they are taking Muma and Lloyd? What's what's the plan from Jacksonville? And again, this year with Ventura Miller, I don't know why Jacksonville is picking so many linebackers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a Lloyd believer. <laughs> I definitely am. I think uh, he has the um, athletic athletic profile and and showed in college to be a three down linebacker. He can play everything. He can cover. He he has a, a coverage upside. Um, he he can, can rush the passer. He's a good tackler because of his, his um, wingspan and so on. Great guy, but yeah, there's always this little concern with Chad Muma <laughs> in the back why he's playing and keeps Lloyd from the field for some snaps. And yeah, it's a bit, yeah. A bit risky. That's fair. I, just at least the worry that that Chad Mumba might just steal some playing time at some point. Maybe I'm not as concerned about that as some of the rest of the guys at the market are. Um, but I mean, there's a non-zero chance that it happens and we need to accept that. So that's a fair point. As far as defensive backs go, yes, Tyson Campbell at corner is interesting, but I really want to focus on their two safeties, Rayshon Jenkins and Andre Cisco. Jenkins being drafted as the safety 19 DB 23. And then Andre Cisco being drafted as a safety 37 DB 52. Um, Jenkins had a pretty exciting season last year as far as production goes. Do you think the gap between those guys should be so large? I, I'm curious kind of how you feel about those guys overall. And then if we can relate that to the market in any way, I'm not sure if the market itself is is too accurate in predicting what we should expect from these guys. No, I th I think I like the 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 gap between them two because I think Cisco Cisco is a good player, but Cisco is a ball hawk and he will always live from his um, big plays. He will more uh, he will mainly play deep, and and Jenkins is yeah he's he's the he's the box safety. He's the, the guy around the box get the tackles. Uh, even got a sack last year, some forced fumbles, and then. I think when the the rest of the defense steps up a bit, especially the pass rush and so on, Cisco won't have a huge chance to get more up front, and uh, be he will he could end up way more deep than than last season, and maybe his tackle baseline will fall a bit too because he had seventy tackles. That's that's really high for for covers uh, for deep safety, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, we can go ahead and move on, actually, to the Titans here. Now, before we actually get into the defensive line, I feel like it's important to give the context of just how bad things were for them last year. I mean, they they lost Harold Landry in the offseason. They had Bud Dupree as one of their main guys they would count on, who was injured for so much of the year, and Rashad Weaver opposite him. It it was not a good season for their pass rush group. However, things are looking up this year. Harold Landry's back. They brought in Arden Key. Danico Autry and Rashad Weaver are still there too, but now they won't need to be relied on as heavily as they were last year. Not to mention, one of the best defensive tackles in football in Jeffrey Simmons. So Jeffrey Simmons is being taken as the DT4 overall, the 21st defensive line. Harold Landry, 
edge 20, uh, defensive line 26, and then Arden Key being taken as the defensive line 74, edge 56. I don't really disagree with any of these guys at where they're being taken, but I'm curious of that group of three, the guys that we more or less expect to see the most snaps. Maybe you disagree with that. Uh, how do you feel about those group of guys? Can Harold Landry bounce back to where he used to be pre-injury? And is Jeffrey Simmons legit? Does he deserve to be there? Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is definitely <laughs> legit. He's, <laughs> he, uh, he's my, um, in, in Dynasty, he's, he's my uh, defensive tackle too, behind Quinn Williams. And um, yeah, he's he's definitely a top five defensive tackle, redraft or baseball leagues and yeah he deserves the money he deserves all the credit uh, he, he had 54 tackles seven and a seven and a half sacks and one force fumble in 15 games i think with two more games and with way more more uh, help around him with landry back and uh, with key and audrey a bit more in a rotation also weaver too um I think I think he can weigh, uh, can be even more productive sack wise. So I think a double digit sack season is isn't uh, unrealistic for him. Harold Landry is is, is the thing I, I really love him because um, I think in his, his twenty uh, in his last season he played in uh, the twenty one season he had huge tackle baseline for for a D liner with uh, seventy four tackles and. Also, double digit sex. I mean, that's that's great, but I don't know if uh, he can bounce back on this level. But even if we see a little um, um, downfall from this, and you get around fifty to sixty tackles and six to eight sacks, would be good, a really good season. Maybe not a um, top twenty-five season, as so many people want to see from him, but would be top 30, top 35 season around. And I think that's that's great in a year after an ACL. Yeah, I, I would be happy with that, I guess. I wouldn't be excited about it. I, yeah. I'm i a big Harold Landry guy this year. I've been taking a lot of him, but I... Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's reasonable. That's an okay place to be. And and how about their linebackers? Aziz Alshair was the number three in San Francisco, and now he's in as their main guy, which should be really, really exciting. Number one for him, but number two for fantasy managers because he's finally going to be productive. Behind him, Monty Rice is a guy that I'm a little bit concerned about just based on how he looked in the first week of the preseason with Jack Gibbons and Chance Campbell getting work. Are you concerned about Monty Rice being drafted as the linebacker 57 and are you excited about Aziz Alshair being drafted as a linebacker 33? Uh, definitely. I think uh, uh, Alshair as a linebacker 33 would be a huge steal. It could be a huge steal because uh, um, if he plays out like he played in San Francisco with way more snaps, I think we, we're talking about uh, around 1,000 snaps that you could get. And he had uh, 755 last season. And uh, and had 102 tackles, two sacks, and one forced fumble. So <laughs> if you did multiple that on on around thousand snaps, oh my god! I think there's a 140 to 150 tackle season incoming, and that's around what is linebacker 20, linebacker 15 maybe. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm buying him. 
at this um at this spot all the way. Uh, second linebacker spot, yeah, I have the same concerns as you have with um, uh, Monty Rice. I think Gibbons is the front runner now after week one. I, I read some um, articles from uh, Titan Speedrider, and everyone said, "Yeah, Jack Gibbons is now front runner. It's his job to lose." And uh, so, if you can pick up Jack Gibbons, I don't know where, where his draft position is. I think around 100, maybe. Don't know. You hit it right on. The, you you nailed it. He's being drafted as linebacker 101. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I would definitely definitely take Jack Gibbons at this spot. <laughs> All day, every day. Yeah, I think as soon as we stop recording this episode, I'm going to go ahead and uh, check the waivers in my IDP leagues and see if he's still available because I've been a little okay. slow to pick him up, but better late than never. So hopefully <laughs> I can get him on my bench. Uh, let's go ahead and really quick close this episode out and talk about the DBs. It's pretty simple. We got two safeties that are exciting and a bunch of corners that are really confusing and messy. Uh, Kevin Bayard, being drafted at the safety 21, DB 25. Amani Hooker being drafted as the safety 49 and the DB 69. And then we've also got a couple corners. we got Roger McCreary, Christian Fulton, a bunch of other guys who I'm not going to get into. That situation is kind of muddy. We don't really need to worry about it. We can just, you know, check the game logs after the season starts. As for those two safeties, Amani Hooker is kind of one of my favorite, like, late-round targets. He's just one of those guys that I'll just throw on my best ball bench and forget about. But Kevin Bayard is a guy that's actually got some price tag as far as like, if you want him, you are probably going to need to pay for it. Do you believe he deserves that? Are you excited about what he could be this season? And is a money hooker slept on? Is that even a fair, a fair term to use for him? I'm, I'm, I'm curious what you think about these two guys. Um, first, uh, Kevin Byard is uh, definitely deserves it. I think he's uh, one of the steadiest um, safeties in the, in the league over the last years, and also in IDP. So, I think he finished every time around top twenty, top twenty-five safety. So, yeah, <laughs> you need to pick him up there. And in good seasons, he ended up in the top ten too. So, yeah, he's he's definitely a guy who you need to pick up very early if you want him. And yeah, um, Amani Hooker, uh, he only played nine games. I think that's the problem with his draft position. He he was out uh, last year. Some other guys played and they played not as good as, as he did before. But yeah, <laughs> they delivered. So maybe because of this, his, his draft position is so low. But um, he should be a bit higher, way higher. Maybe some, around the 40s, I would say. Um, yeah. I'm not pretty sure where he end up at the end, but he has the potential to be um, a really good DB3. Uh, when you can get him in, in the in the 50s, would be good value, really good value. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, I'm I'm not a huge injury guy as far as just like I don't really believe in the injury prone label, so I'm not out here like super concerned that Amani Hooker is going to get hurt again. If he plays the full season, I think we can both expect him to easily outperform where he's being drafted. And it's really nice getting him at DB69. It's like he's basically free at that point at the end of the draft. So I'm I'm super happy with you know where he's going. Not to say that I believe it's an accurate place, 
but more so just to say that it's it's just really good value. I don't know. I have a really high exposure for him, so I should probably stop talking him up because uh, <laughs> I want to keep drafting him in these best ball drafts. Uh, but yeah, man, this is uh this has been fun. This was good. We we got through all the ma- big names. Um, I'm ready for the season to start. Actually, that's a lie. I'm not ready for the season to start. <laughs> um, I'm in way too many leagues this year, and I'm not okay. ready to to go through waivers and set my lineups <laughs> and do all that good stuff. I'm sure you can relate to that in some sense. How many how many uh, leagues do you normally participate in on a season by season basis? Oh, oh uh, that's a good question. I have way too much now uh, this <laughs> year. <laughs> normally, I every time. The off season starts and you say, okay, uh, let's cut some leagues down, you know, uh, way too many, way too many. And at the end of the season, you got, uh, you cut, you cut it five leagues <laughs> and added uh, 10 or something like <laughs> that at the end. So um, I'm now in well, 15 dynasties, three best balls and three redraft leagues. So yeah, not about that. Best of luck to you sir going into the season i i relate to you there you got to cut them at the end of the season but then you got all this extra space for more leagues so you yeah, just gotta yeah, add a couple more just a few more just one more just one more yeah then especially oh leagues with with you guys or uh, other guys from around the world um oh my gosh like outlaw from australia <laughs> i think mm-hmm. i'm now uh, i started in one league with him and yeah now i'm in three <laughs> with him so yeah it'll be a good time well hey before (laughs) we before we close out this episode i want to give you a quick opportunity here to shout out your show your twitter if we can still call it that i i i've been a little slow to adopting the x moniker because Mm -hmm. it's doesn't roll off the tongue uh but where where can listeners find you and uh where can they find your show in the event that they have some german friends that they want to share it with and just the fact that you're a good follow on Twitter. Oh, um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at TST1860. Um, uh, you can find our show at at Mike's in Motion <laughs> or also at uh, Mike's in Motion. I think it's .de. We are, we are not at that .com site. We are a German site. And it's all in German. So, yeah, you can, if you have German friends... <laughs> <laughs> tell them about it um yeah you, you can listen to us nearly every week so we we have one show a week normally uh, we release around tuesday sometimes wednesday depends on yeah uh, in season it's tuesday in the off season sometimes on wednesdays too <laughs> depends on how we uh, yeah yeah it's a we're, we're a bit more free in the off season let's say it like that <clears throat> Yeah. Um, yeah, that's nearly all. Um, I just want to uh, thank you for having me, and I hope um, my English was good enough to understand for everyone, and it's it wasn't too bad to not enjoy the show. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, guys. <laughs> it was nah. It was a great episode, man. I I'm so glad I got to have you on. I think this is. I'm pretty sure this is our last preview episode we might have one more before the season starts so i'm glad i got to get you in and uh and get you on the mic uh it was it was a really great episode so thank you so much for joining man it was it was a pleasure to have you on it's always fun coordinating schedules across the world and it always (laughs) gives me such a great appreciation and great context for just the sport of football and the community of idp in general 
makes me realize that the world's not quite as small as it seems sometimes because there are people everywhere that love this game and love this kind of fantasy. And so it, it's super fun to, to be able to chat about it with you on the show. Well, Toby, thank you so much for coming on. Listeners, again, TST1860 on Twitter. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at IDP Evan. If you've got questions about the show, hit us up. We'd love to chat football with you at any time. But until the next episode, thanks for listening. This has been the IDP After Show. Peace out. This was the IDP After Show. <laughs>